Hi, I'm Bryce, and I'm ready to preach. Hi, I'm Casey, and I'm ready to preach. Hi, I'm Patty, I'm ready to preach. Hi, I'm Mark, I'm ready to preach. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to gather together, God, to bring this podcast. We give all the glory and the honor to you for anything that is done within this. We ask, God, that you forward this ministry according to your will, God. We ask that you touch the hearts that you desire to touch. We ask that these words maybe uplift or bring someone to a close relationship with you, God. We ask that everything be done tonight, be done in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Welcome back, family. You've reached the Ready to Preach podcast. We're so excited to have you back tonight. We're uh, we're back again, going at this one more time with you. We're trying to uh, bring forth a good a good positive word to you, good message, a good uh, relatable story. We're trying to be relatable with you and take up these everyday problems that some people face, you know, and that we have faced, and the ways that we're trying to avoid these things. But in in regular ready to preach podcast in the regular Style. yeah. In this regular format that we're doing, this regular form and fashion, we're going to go around this table and ask everyone how they're doing today. Patty, how are you doing today? I'm doing fabulous. No. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we'll take fabulous. We will take fabulous. I'm doing good. It's been a good week. It's been pretty busy, but. Exciting. It's doing good and we're doing good. Good. Mark? I'm doing pretty good. Just been kind of relaxing, doing a little bit of reading, doing a little bit of studying. Yeah. Started watching The Chosen. Anything else? Well, that's really about it right now. Still, It's still early in my week. Yeah. Yeah. My work week doesn't start till tomorrow. Hey, that's not a bad problem to have. No. Casey, what's up with you? Not a whole lot, but it's been good. Um, The sun's out finally again for however long it decides to stay out. Yay. Yeah, so, it's, good it's Michigan. Give us five minutes. <laughs> I've been getting outside a little bit today, which was needed and nice, fresh air. I've been having this, hearing this, like kind of go around. It's like, man, I'm kind of in a rut here lately. It's like, well, the sun hasn't been shining for the past three weeks, so right now it has, and it it does do something to your mood. I believe it just makes you feel better when you see the sun shining. And you can hear birds chirping, and it's like everything's alive again outside. Makes you feel good. Yeah. Knows we're, we're on the uh, the tail end of the uh, the Winter. colder stuff for the most part. That's so. the best part. Thank yeah. goodness. I need it to be about 60 degrees out. <laughs> Did any well, why, of you guys... you st- why are you stepping at 60? Because I don't like to sweat. <laughs> well, I, I mean, you can go up to 70, but once you start crossing that, it's like, nah. Have any of you guys had an eventful weekend? I don't know, Bryce. Did we have an eventful weekend? <laughs> no, I'm just asking you. Did you have anything that stuck out? That sounded like a leading question. Did it That's stick out to you in particular? Anything? Um, good church services. That's the best. I'll best say, thing. stop sticking out when they're just good all the time. Yeah. Well, I didn't say it last time. It was my turn to say it. Okay. So, it's true. It's yeah. true. And it's hard to pick How out do you any. Say it next week. It's hard to pick out any one good point. Yeah. Yeah. We're slowly but surely growing in Bangor. If everybody that has came so far will come, we've had about 32 people. Right. It's been nice. Which it's is a nice vast improvement people come. Eight or 10. Mm-hmm. And it's it's weird that it's been four weeks and we're starting to see. It's encouraging. It is. We'll say. It makes me feel like we've been doing it longer than we have. It's starting to feel less of like nerve wracking, more of like, I, wouldn't, I don't want to say routine, but more regular. Right. It doesn't feel as new right. anymore, I guess. 
feel a little bit more seasoned. Right. It feels weird to go to Eau Claire now on Wednesdays. A little bit. It's like I haven't been there in a year. Yeah. It's only been four weeks. I know. It's wild. Not even four weeks. We're there every Wednesday. It's been six days. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's talking about on Sundays, I uh-huh. think. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> well. Yeah. No, it's nice, though. It's a nice change. I think it's a necessary change to move forward in what we're supposed to do. Yeah. Make room for more callings and more people and to expand our callings, I think. So it's been wonderful. <laughs> Bryce, how, how's your week? Bryce, how's your week been? I thought he was tagging on to See, Casey's. No, Patty. I was looking at I was looking at Mark and Casey, but Patty picked it up. Yeah. My week go. has been wonderful. <laughs> no, we just uh just been doing kind of the normal thing throughout the week. Sundays have been awesome. Um very motivational, I'll say to say the least. You know, it's been encouraging to see things happening and starting to fall into the position of what we've been called. I think that's very cool to experience. You know, I've seen it before, but experiencing is it a different feeling and kind of stepping into that role has been pretty cool for me. It's been eye opening for sure. But with that, I, I feel there's a lot more that goes into it than what I realized, you know, or what I first had thought there was a lot more preparation that it takes, you know, because yeah. 10 minutes of a sermon is, pretty easy to get to is pretty standard now and then we're pushing it to 30 and 45 minutes and it's different man it wasn't that long ago he was complaining about that's it's hard to get that get past like the five to ten minute mark right i i know but still i could i could go for a couple ten minutes he's been <laughs> ripping it up too though yeah been trying my hardest to make things happen you and, go. and listen listen and follow what i've been told to do so it's really the only way to do it. I think that's great advice for advice for somebody who's wanting to preach. You cannot preach unless you're sent or called. And once you get up there, you can't preach unless you have God give his words to you. That's it. Those are all his words in the Bible. And you, you can't you can't go wrong if you listen. You can go very, very wrong if you don't. You definitely can. You know, I've heard some doozies before that's like you've said you would have said less if you'd have said nothing or said more i mean you just said more if you said nothing but i'm thankful that god has seen me worthy to be used i guess i can still remember i can't remember his name it was one of the one of the churches that fellowship with us one time and we were having a meal downstairs in all claire and he was just talking he's like you know what so i i got told one thing early in my ministry when i was i was struggling with getting to half hour 45 minutes to an hour he said one of the elders there told me this he said son if Jesus ain't there in 15 minutes, he ain't going to be there in 30. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's good true. advice. That is because <laughs> yeah. you can sit there and run around chasing your tail around for so long saying nothing that it's like, okay. Whereas in a 15 one, you could maybe be more impactful. Or right. who knows, maybe that then that turns into a 30 that's more impactful. Because but- I, I don't think if you get if you don't get somebody's attention by the first couple of minutes, you won't have it at the end. And I think you need to draw their attention and be able to uh, keep their attention. Yeah, and if you don't do that in the first five minutes, you're not going to get it the whole time. We look at any um, movie or any headline or anything like that. They've got all the stuff that's going to get you in at the very beginning, right? And then they give you the rest throughout it. But they got if they if you're reading over like the headlines and that, and the the big bold print doesn't catch you, 
you're not going to pay attention to whatever else they're saying. You need to get latched on in the beginning. Yeah, exactly. Well, that I think that covers covers our weeks pretty well. I've had a good week. Sounds like all of us have had pretty decent weeks so far. And looking forward to another great week, another great weekend, another great service, services. Yeah. Great fellowship, like always. And let's move on to our topics. All Mark, right. We got some culminated questions that we've got and we want to uh work on them and yeah. i think they're they're prevalent questions for today and for maybe somebody who's listening that's searching for answers that maybe we might not be able to answer the best for you but we're going to shoot our shot at it unfortunately it's an all too common one yeah um and our topic we're going off of today is one that Probably if you were to take a poll, the majority of people that go to church have experienced. I would go out on a limb and say it's unanimous. Yeah. Yep. Some form of whether it's something mild or whether it is something severe. severe. Right. What's our topic? We are going over church hurt. My first thing that I want to do with church hurt our church hurt is go around and just basically in your own words describe what that means. I was going to say, that's my first question I even have on here as I added one on is what is church hurt first off? What in your mind, Casey, would church hurt be? Whenever you or somebody experiences Sorry. something in the church from the people that go to the church, the congregation or the administration that turns them off of going and having a relationship with Christ. Okay. Patty? What do you think church hurt is? What would it be to you? To me, it would be um, likewise the same. Uh, a situation that happens to yourself, a family member, or um, yeah, pretty much to yourself or a family member right. that would make you want to leave a church um, for an instance, um, hurt feelings Yeah. Um, for one. Okay. Somebody hurt your feelings. Right. Um, offense. Yeah. Um, you get offended or just hurt feelings. There's a list There's, that's probably a mile long yeah. that you can go through. It'd yeah. be different. Mark, what do you feel like? For me, what church hurt is the feeling you get when you go to some place that's supposed to be safe and uplifting and your people that are as pastors are called to lead people. Right. But you go there and you have an experience that is, makes you doubt that. Right. So whether it's a case of some of the examples you guys have listed or even the, as silly as they sound, you know, someone sat in my chair, someone parked, I in, my spot, parked yeah. in my parking spot. I mean, that seems trivial to a lot of people, but there are some people that if, if they've been there for so long, some of them new comes in and you, and something that they're used to, that their regular ritual is, right. gets disturbed and disrupted. I want to key in on that point you just made there, and you, you said ritual. Yep. And a lot of the times when people have a ritual, they get they get so lined up with making that ritual happen the same way. That's not how God's spirit is. Yeah. His spirit is always his spirit is never changing, but it's always moving. It's always operating. And it's not, I don't think you can pinpoint him, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I don't think you can pinpoint what's going on and how he's gonna move exactly. 
you know, there's indication he's not going to do something out of his nature. I won't Correct. go that far. But at the same time, he's not going to do something normally in our eyes that we see how he's going to do it. Right, right. You know, he'll make a way through the desert. He didn't show, he didn't say, I'm going to make a way that you wanted me to make, you know, but I'll make a way. Yeah, I saw it was a video they were talking about showing a, a visual example of how God's path for us is different than our path. And right. they had this couple steel balls. And one was on a straight line, and one was on all these curves. And the curvy one is the one we kind of want to stay away from because we want just a straight one, you know, point point A to B. That's going to be easy. But every time they did it, the ball that went in the curvy one got there faster. Right. I uh, I want to say this too. You mentioned the word uh, safe place. Yeah. And And I feel like the church should be a safe place. But then again, I feel this way too. Um. If you're living in sin, the word of God is going to offend you. Yeah, that wasn't. That, I know you yeah. didn't use it in that manner, yeah. but I just want to be clear for the do. listeners. Some people do. Uh, some people make the the word safe meaning uh, uh, accommodating, you know, yeah, or, or affirming. Affirming. There you go. That's not the the Holy Spirit doesn't do that. No, the Holy Spirit sometimes and the word of God will offend you if you're living contrary to it. Yeah, you know, because it is required. There's a standard of you. That you have to meet. I, I agree with that. Um, yeah. But in the same time, there should be some sort of grace and mercy that is allowed. You yeah. Know? If people are within reason. If you can tell, and you, if you spend even a couple minutes around something, you can tell that there are honestly are trying. Right. And that's a different story than someone just saying, well, you're going to have to accept me as I am. Do it this way. Right. Because that's what you're supposed to do because that's what that's loving. Right. No, that's no, not no, loving. No. Um, so that that's one thing that could drive people away. Sometimes the truth that people don't want to hear will drive them away. I don't think you should be worried too much about that. But when when there's something that you're doing intentionally and it's pushing people away, I think you need to check that. That's yes, yeah, that's a different story. Then you gotta get into the whole point of intent and um presentation then. So here, here's what I want to point on this. One thing that I listened to, I was listening intently to all of what you three were saying with your answers, and none of them included God in it. It was all people. All man-made. Hurting people. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to be clear on that because the word church hurt in my mind is a terrible, terrible, terrible disgrace to yeah. the church. You know, and a disgrace to the the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are called to love one another as Christ loved. Uh, you know, we love as we want to be loved, or do unto others as we'd have done unto others. The, the golden rule, exactly is what they call that. You know, and then so church hurt. I think sometimes if you're the one that is getting hurt, it's kind of petty, and it's really bad if you're the one handing out the reason to be to someone that would be hurt. It's a, it's bad all the way around. I think it's bad on both parts. I don't think there's a good reason to leave the church. I mean, there is, I guess, but some of the reasons we choose are not good. I was going to say the vast majority of the of reasons people choose to leave are not valid ones. Right, right. I think that you can have a valid and a good reason to leave a church, but not a valid or a good reason Never. to leave a relationship with Jesus Christ. Never. Correct. Exactly. You know, and that's, that's one thing when... When things happened previous to me, and it's like, okay, 
How, why, why do you still go to church? You know, God didn't hurt me. Makes too much sense not to, to or makes you know? too much sense to keep going versus to stop. Look, we live in a sinful and a broken world with sinful and broken people. The Bible says we are by nature children of wrath, you know, and in sin did my mother conceive me during, you know, David talked about that. Yep. We are born as children or, or as sinners or children yeah. of wrath. So we are going to make mistakes that will cause people hurt and damage, you know? So with that, I'm not excusing it by no. any means, but with that being said, God is not at fault for that. No, not there's at no, all. There's no reasonable sense to leave his presence. No, And I think a lot of people, they, they have the mindset of like, when you go to a restaurant, you have a bad experience. You don't talk to the server. You talk to their boss. Manager, yep. And you assume that it's the manager's fault for allowing that type of person to still be there. If I sat down on the piano and tried to play Beethoven or Mozart, you wouldn't quit listening to Beethoven or Mozart no. because I did a poor job explaining it. You would quit listening to me. Yeah. And continue to listen further to the one who has mastered that, you know, or is the master of that the piano or whatever that case may be just because Mark can't play like Led Zeppelin on the guitar. Don't mean you're I'm gonna, okay with that too. Right, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> I guess that was a bad example, but with that being said, you can't give up on the good things yeah. because of someone portrayed it poorly. And we've also, I've also heard the example given if you go to, you know, a bakery yeah, and they make something bad or you get sick or whatever it is, does that mean you stop going to every other bakery just because the one baker had a problem? You don't quit eating. Yeah, and you don't quit eating. So right. it's like, if we can be that way with the physical stuff that's really not that important, that important right. why is it we can't apply that to church as well? Sometimes right. I don't think people really want to go to church and they're just looking for a reason to hop off. That's mainly what it that is. That is a big one. Okay. You got any questions for us, Mark? Well, there's all stuff around there. So, like, we've kind of touched on a couple, but what are some some ways that it happens? Um, some ways in my mind, I would say, I we talked about the petty stuff that gets people hurt, but there's some real reasons why people get hurt in church, you know, just based on bad preachers, right. bad leaders, you know, people who are really aren't. I think there's a, a problem with some churches nowadays that hire a pastor and they have like a, a deacon board that get them in. And, and when that happens and you become a hireling, you care more about the income that you're getting than the outcome of the people. And that tends to lead you down a bad path. You know, it tends to lead people into uh, destruction. It tends to lead people astray because when you're called by God, you have a different care for the sheep than when you're paid to take care of them, you know? Yeah. Like a, a paid shepherd would, if a lion came, he's not going to put his life on the line for him, you know? he's The sheep are just going to have to get what they get, you know? And the lion's going to just wreak havoc on all of them. But when there's a shepherd that truly loves the sheep, I believe that he'll stand in the way of that and and guard the sheep from having that destruction. That's good. Agreed. Yep. Disagreed? And you think of any other way, Casey? I know we talked about just petty, just plain pettiness on the on the receiving one, but on the the part of the giver, I what would you say? Think that it, sometimes you can be called to a position, 
even if you're not hired for it. But whenever you become more preoccupied with the position itself or the power, I guess, for lack of better words, that it gives you, you start looking for things and you don't want to be absurd, for lack of better words. I think that's where people get hurt, too. Whenever you're more concerned with hanging on to the position, what little power that you have than you are about helping somebody else grow in their faith, that's what I think you cause your biggest issues. Right. So like a case of like quantity over quality then? Not even, Yeah, but it even makes me think of Saul and David. You know, Saul loved David until yeah. he felt threatened by him. Right. And then it was an all-out war trying to kill him. And I think that leaders can do that spiritually to the people they're with too. Right. They're, they get afraid of what God has put in them. Yeah. That they're going to take their authority when... That doesn't normally happen. In reality, you don't have any authority to begin with. No one yeah. does. It's all God given, and and if God giveth, God can take other way. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know sometimes people refer to pastors as the under shepherds, but right, they, which uh, which in its way implies that they still have some bit of authority over how to do what the shepherd tells them to do. But we don't really, not in the essence of the true meaning of like an under shepherd. Right. You know, the shepherd would send out the other ones to tend certain parts of the flock, and they could do things as they see fit as long as it was within line with everybody. That, to me, for that gives implies more authority than what there really is Yeah, with the position, because it's all based on what the Word of God says anyway. Yeah, I, I feel the same way, like with people who are concerned about how many people are in attendance rather than what is being given as a sermon, I feel like that they don't necessarily, I wouldn't say get hurt, but they they give a slow, like poison. It's a poison to the people that they don't leave. They're not they're not hurting that way, but they're hurting a, a, a long term sense to where they're not they're not getting what they need, but they're getting their ears tickled, you know, and they're liking what they're hearing. And it's just that's more of a slow poison that you don't necessarily see that happens with a bad leader. Yeah. How about you, Patty? Anything on some of the ways it can happen? Some of the ways it can happen is it sneaks in there by um, little things like the parking spot. You know, yeah. you took my parking spot, you took my seat. Yeah. Um, it just sneaks in there. Um, beware of the little foxes, you know, kind of thing. They ruin the whole um, vine. Little bit, little bit of uh, leaven spoils the whole loaf. Yep. Yeah, and then the the sheep in or the wolves in sheep clothing kind of thing. Yeah. Um. Not everybody that comes to church is is a real a real sheep. Right. You know, you got to watch out for those. Um. Just like Pastor was saying that sometimes people that go to the altar, um, others speak of them, um, bad. You know that. Oh, there they go again, or right. they're not they're not gonna do it again. They're gonna go right back to whatever their sin is, you know. Right. Um, just people talking trash about one another when we're supposed to be edifying them and walking in love with them and helping them up and right. encouraging them. And a lot of times, um people in the church don't. No. You know, we're guilty of not helping the brethren when we're supposed to be picking them up. I think that's the fastest way to kill a church. It is. And and it's like it's like flies, you know, they drop like flies, I should say. Yeah. Because 
we're we're killing them with our own words, right? And we don't even know it. Yep. And they come in one way, trying to leave a better way, but as they're walking out, they hear what people are saying, and that kills them on the way out. It makes them worse. And they don't want to come back. Exactly. You know, I wouldn't want to come back to that. Yeah, I wouldn't want to go anywhere like that, yeah. much no. less a place that you're you're supposed to get the opposite. Right. Yeah. Right. Or some people are like hooked up on. On how how you're supposed to dress. Oh, you're wearing jeans to church. Right. You know, come as you are. Be a modest apparel, of course. Yeah. But come as you are, Jesus says. Exactly. You know, um, be glad that they're here, you know, because they could be anywhere else. Yeah, that's one of the big ones right there, Patty, that I didn't even think about is. You know, people want a place to come in. There's a lot of churches that shun people away at the door. Yeah. Because they don't have a suit and tie on. Um, they can't even come in the door, mm. so let alone come to the altar. You know, there's a lot of churches that just say you can't come in because you're not dressed right. You know, what if Jesus did that to us? Yeah. You can't come in. You have too much sin on you. You know, what if what if that happened He to had us? the authority and the right to do that to us. Yeah. You know? But he didn't. But he took that shame and that sin away from us. Exactly. By doing what he did, which was dying on the cross for us, so that we were able to come in, and and we should be able to do that for our brethren, you know, love each other, and welcome people in any way, and not talk about them and not put them down because we wouldn't want it done to us, but help them when somebody's at the altar, go up to them, pray for them, and if somebody's celebrating, celebrate with them, mm-hmm. because if that was us or a family member. We would want to celebrate with them. Right there, yeah. We would want to... Would want them to celebrate with us. Want, yeah. Yeah, want them to celebrate with us, and we want somebody to pray with us for our family. Exactly. You know, that's that's what a family of God should be like. Yeah. I I don't understand what the deal is with the clothing. I mean, you touched on not dress modestly. Exactly. Dress in the best you can. Girls don't have to wear dresses to go to church. I don't understand that one bit. I mean, and here's the here's the argument that I have, just in a realistic, common sense type way. Well, girls shouldn't wear pants. Well, why do they make them for girls then? You know? Well, me- only men should wear pants. Try those pants on and see if they're for men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just a common sense way. Okay, they're made for girls. Great. I'm glad you're here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The woman in the act of adultery was glad that she seen Jesus that day, and I'm sure she was wearing a lot less than a dress. I was going to say, right. I can recall the accountant. Yeah, that was probably way less. Yeah. Patty, just what you were saying, and even that, it made me think, you know, in the same using the shepherd as a analogy for a pastor in the church. If somebody asks you to watch over their flock, you don't get to choose what sheep are in it. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. True. Um, her, this discussion on the clothing reminded me of a couple stories I remember remember reading. Right. One, there was a gentleman who was going to be the new pastor in the area, and he wasn't from that area at all. And he decided to see what type of church he was getting into. Yeah. So he came dressed all grubby and everything, and he sat in the back and went through the whole service, the whole lead up to getting ready to announce the pastor and that, you know, as he walked in, people were looking down on him. They were right. 
negative. They were shying away from him as much as they could. And then it gets to the part of the service where the um, the elder, whoever it was, says, okay, I'd like to introduce our new pastor to you. And then the guy who looked like the homeless man walks up down the aisle. That was good. Yeah. I like that too. And the other one it reminded me of was there was someone else that, that actually was like a homeless person. It was there. They weren't dressed in the way you expect them to dress for church. Yeah. But they came and when the preacher was preaching, kept getting right up in front by the altar in front of the preacher. And the the elders and other people in the church kept trying to say, hey, you've got to get this person out of there. Can you talk to them? Get them out of the way. And just kept on, kept on. They kept trying to get them to shoo the person away. So then finally the person kind of went down to the altar. So the pastor then, went, instead of shooing away, went over and went down and prayed with them. Yeah. And when he got back up, they asked what's going on. It's like, well, I can tell you one thing that more people will remember that than anything else I set up there on the stage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's not about, it's not our job to make sure what they're wearing when they're coming, especially coming to the altar. Right. It's our ha- job to get them to heaven. Yeah. And if it's in pants, let it be in pants. Yeah. Sorry if you feel that way, but I mean, I understand that it was a, an old school type thing, a holiness yeah. way, and I and I'm proud. I'm proud that you do that, and I'm glad that you have that set of standard for yourself. Not everybody has that. Correct. And most importantly, it's the Bible that doesn't have a set standard. Yeah. For that clothing line type deal. And here's what was my thought on how it happens. What about like a generational church? Yeah. You have someone that maybe you had church hurt. Now you're running something in a church and you just keep passing it on. Right. Time after time, generation after generation, instead of stopping it. Right. You just keep perpetuating the same problem that you had at a church you were at. Right. How many people are you willing to turn away? Yeah. Mm-hmm. None. None. Make it stop with you. Yep. It stops here. Yep. It stops here. Yep. We've heard that somewhere before. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mark. Question number two or three or whatever we're on. Okay. How do we stop it from happening? How do we stop church hurt from happening? I think the best thing in my mind that we can do to stop this from happening is pay attention to what we're doing and what we're saying. How we're acting, how we're reacting. I cannot help what Casey does. I can't help what Patty does. I can't help what Mark does. I can help what I do. I can pay attention to how, to how I'm trading somebody. I can pay attention to what I'm saying. I can pay attention to, there's some people that take different levels of attention, different levels of, uh, Casey doesn't have the same needs that Patty doesn't have the same needs as Mark. None of them have the same needs. You have to go at each person individually. You can't treat every person as the same. No cookie cutter mold. There isn't a cookie cutter mold of how to treat and how people need attention, you know, and how people need to be seen and heard. Some people don't need any attention. But at the end of the day, the what I think is the best remedy for church hurt and stopping that from happening is keep your eyes on you. At, at the moment that you are looking around, keep the eyes on what you're doing. And not only that, keep your eyes on Jesus and you won't see any of the other faults that anybody has. Mm-hmm. It's easier not to point them out if you don't see them. Yeah. 
Casey? I think you pretty well covered it. I think that in that same vein, you have to be aware of how you're interacting with people, the things that you're saying, the way that you're being perceived as individuals, but I think as leadership more so than anything. Yeah. I think that, like you said before, a lot of people are looking for a reason exactly. to leave anyways. And try your hardest not to give them one. Yeah. If they're going to leave, they're going to have something to say. Not to say we'd encourage lying, but make sure they have to. They have to lie to have a reason. Not even lie, but they have to make it seem like a bigger deal than it was at the very least. Tony Blackamore said this when at the installation. He said, people are going to talk about you. They're going to lie about you. They're going to say things that shouldn't be said that are hateful. He said, you can't change what they say. You can't change what they do. Just make sure what they say about you isn't true. Yeah. Just make sure that's the only thing that you can do is make sure it's not true. Yep. I had another thought too with this as being a church member. Let's quit being so petty and childish. Let the things just go away. If it's going to matter and if it doesn't matter in the next hour or the next week, let's not get mad about it. Right. I was like, what what is our rule? Twenty is it twenty four or forty eight hours? If it's if it's if you if you don't get it over by then, it's over. Yeah. And you only got that long to get it worked out. And if you don't get it worked out, it's done. I think like, probably a good thing that would help a good way to stop it is and this applies to both the ones that are potentially giving it out. Yeah. And the ones that are potentially receiving it. Yeah. Try to develop the ability to read the room. Yeah. Under if it's if you're someone that's maybe you're gonna be offended, like try and understand the way they're coming across and understand their motives behind it. Yeah. And it'll be easier to realize that maybe they're not trying to attack you. They're just trying to help you. Right. And maybe they're not used to interacting with someone that reacts the way you do. So, like you said, not everybody's the same. So, give them the grace to learn how to react, how to interact with you if you're right. different than someone else. And on the flip side, as the one that's potentially giving it out, don't overreact when they do start to get upset over something. Understand that maybe they have a different perspective. They come from a different walk of life or different something. Background, exactly. Give them the same grace you're expecting them to give you for how to while you learn to interact with them, but understand that they're not really upset with you. They may be dealing with having had church hurt somewhere else. Yeah, past and, trauma. And they see what they perceive as the same thing happening, and maybe they're starting to shut in on themselves. You need to like, okay, let's back this up a little bit. Let's try and find the root problem. You know, like the fire isn't, the smoke isn't always a problem. Sometimes it's the fire that it's the fire that causes the smoke, but you have to track down where it starts, yeah. where it started at, before you can worry about putting it out. Exactly. There's a lot of different ways that people come across things and people how they react. That's another thing that we have to learn as a people going along with last week's and the week before. I believe is do not be offended about everything. Some people just don't, and it's a lot of the. Older men have this problem where they just say what they say. And a lot of times they don't mean to hurt your feelings, but they just say it how they say it because that's how they know, you know. And you got to take that with a grain of sand, you know, and just say, yeah. okay, 
what does he mean by this or she just even how i don't know how older women really react because i don't normally don't talk to i do but they wouldn't talk to me the same way as they talk to a younger girl you know but the older men kind of say things and it's like well that was pretty rude to be honest but they don't mean it that way and sometimes even it could just be a one-off yeah like i can remember when i was a kid i always joked around with my mom and dad and that sometimes and goofed off and one day we were at the dinner table and i made a comment yeah 99 times out of 100 my mom would have laughed it off this one time she didn't laugh it off she took offense and backhand yeah but any other time would have been just perfectly fine but right. sometimes it's just not continuing something that happened to them before it's just like something else happened that when that comment was made now they took it away Right. Whereas maybe if it had been made the day before, before something happened, they right. wouldn't have taken it that way. Right. There's a lot of factors that can be involved. And it's just, I think, would just come down to patience and just long suffering, giving grace and expect and hoping to get grace back as well, just exactly. so you can have the ability to learn together and to grow together to interact. Patty, do you have any thoughts on how to stop church hurt from happening? Well, I was reading a couple of things here, and it says that if somebody has offended you, um, go to them and talk to them. Yeah, so um, don't let it fester. Yeah, but if you you need somebody there to to witness. Yeah. So that I would I would take Pastor and his wife. Yeah. You know, which you and your wife, yeah. <laughs> um, to to do the confronting in front of, so that you have witnesses. Yeah. To say that this matter has to stop. Yeah. You're here to confront the person um, so that you have two witnesses. Um, because in the Bible, it also says if you, your brother sins against you and you got to point out the fault, just this is Jesus talking. In Matthew 18, 15, it says if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. But if they listen to you, you have won them over. Often right. hurt can happen can be resolved by just confronting the person who has hurt you. But sometimes they might not even know that they have hurt you. Right. But it's nice to have somebody else there with you. Right. Just so they know that um, either you or them have offended mm -hmm. or gotten offended. So simply confront the person. This is not easy, but it is necessary. We do not like to, the confrontation. So that's one way to do it. Yeah. But forgiveness, we need we need forgiveness in the church because forgiveness is not easy for any of us to be the forgiver. Yeah. But we have to do it for ourselves and exactly. for the other person. In fact, um, if we don't forgive, the Bible also says this. It says, um, but if you do not forgive men their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. And exactly. that's in Matthew six fifteen. And that's also difficult for us to do. Yeah. But we have to do it. Exactly. Because we need to be forgiven for our sins. We've got the forgiveness. To go along with that, Patty, they, uh, the Bible scripture says, Moreover, if thy brother trespass, trespass against thee, go to him, tell him his fault, go to him and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. See, with that being said, I think a lot of these problems that we have can be resolved so simply just by going and saying, hey, I feel like this was portrayed. I don't know if it was that way. And I just want to bring this to your attention so we don't have any problems between us. And and, and if you do, 
you get your brother back. I mean, who doesn't want that? Right. First off, where is that found at? Matthew eighteen fifteen. And what color is that lettering? Red. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Which means it's not Jesus a suggestion. Speaking. Yep, and it's not a suggestion. You know, and then it goes on to say, if he still will not hear thee, take one or two witness that in the mouth of two or three there be the words every word be published. If he neglects to hear them still, tell it to the church. If he doesn't want to hear the church, let it go. Yeah. Some some of these wars that people want to get get in on. They just want it to be an ongoing thing where they, it's a continuous fight that causes much damage, much hurt. I think some of these times that when people get hurt, uh, they they like getting hurt. They like making drama. They like having problems, and they like this stuff where it causes dissent and divide. They, they love it. Some of those people just need to let go and say, okay, I've brought it to you alone. I've brought two or three witnesses. I've brought it to the church, and every time you neglect to hear me, go your way. If you haven't heard me by then, you probably won't. Yeah. yeah. Anything else, Mark? Really just what to do if it happens to you, but I think we've kind of covered that. Just, you know. Yeah, within I think within that, it's, it's what happens. If something gets hurt on you, go talk to somebody. Yeah. You know, try not to make it a big deal. I think people who genuinely uh, get hurt and, and try to make it right will make it right really easy. The ones that don't yeah. want to, it doesn't matter how you try to help them. You can present it every which way but upside down and they still won't like it. You know. And I think we I think we've covered this topic pretty well and I'm hoping anybody that has been church hurt has now ha- now has some resources to regain their their brother, get their brother back yeah. or get their church back, finish their relationship. Hopefully somebody who has fallen maybe into this mindset that everything is an offense goes and just, you know what? I'm not going to take it as offense anymore. I'm going to love Jesus and pay attention to that. And I really don't care what anybody says. Yeah. And have a little bit of grace, a little understanding, be a little patient. Exactly. Have but long then, suffering. But then the kicker is if you're going to expect them to be patient with you, you have to be patient with, with them, them too. Exactly. It's not a one-sided ordeal. It wasn't. It may be one-sided that seems to be what caused the problem, but it's not going to be one-sided to get it fixed. I I believe it is one sided in the way that the Bible's right. That's the one side. Both of us were wrong. Yeah. If you're hurt because of what I said, I'm sorry. And so you need to be sorry. You know what I mean? Yeah. So with that, I think we've given enough resources. We've stomped all over this topic as much as possible. And I say we're just going to meet you back here next week. Love you. Bye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Ready to Preach. We hope that something that has been said today will aid you in your journey both in Christianity and in the pursuit of becoming ready to preach. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please reach out to us on our Facebook page, Redemption Church, and share us with your friends. If you have any questions for us or topics you would like for us to discuss, we can be reached through the Facebook's direct message or in the comments section of our posts about the podcast. We look forward to you tuning in next week.